So here we are, 2017, Happy New Year. Thank you, pretty weak, but that's okay, no, no problem. One of the things that always fascinates me about the New Year's is the thought of New Year's resolutions. And so I uh, went and did some research and found an online research company. Uh, I think it's called Brain Research Institute or something like that. Anyway, they came up with the top five New Year's resolutions. Okay? So uh, we're going to see how well you can do. So I want to give you a chance to uh, guess what you think the top five New Year's resolutions are. All right, so I want to give you some time to form a list. So uh, write it down or tell the person next to you. I want you to come up with five New Year's resolutions, five that you think are the top five New Year's resolutions, and then we're going to see how you did. And uh, the winner, if anybody gets all five, you get a free three-day vacation to the Bahamas. Okay? And you can see Alex about that after the service. So come up with your list. I want to give you time. Tell me when you're done. Deb says she's done. Okay. All right, here we go. Ready? Number five. Stay fit and healthy. How many of you had that on your list? Okay. Okay. Exercise, that would fit. All right, that's a good group. Number four. Enjoy life to the fullest. I would not have gotten this one. Anybody get something like that? All right, Kathy, Lori, okay, so there's a few. Okay, number three, spend less, save more. Was that on your list? Yes, that's a popular one. Okay, we're coming down to it. Number two, get organized. Get organized. How many of you had that on your list? Okay. And the number one top New Year's resolution is lose weight. How many of you had that one? Okay. Okay, so seriously, did anybody get all five of them right? He said his sixth one is repent. So in other words, Chris is lying to us. Just so he can get all of that attention in front of all of you to lie like that is so bad. Okay, did anybody get four of them? Really? Beverly Hardeman, big hand. Oh, really? Wow, big hand for you guys. Nice. So you can go to the Bahamas vacation together and see Alex afterward. Well, there's one other uh, statistic that uh, this group, uh, Statistic Brain Research Institute, uh, had that blew me away. And that is, what is the percentage of New Year's or folks that keep New Year's resolutions? How many, what percentage of folks really follow through on their New Year's resolutions? Okay? So let's just do a little bit of, uh, a little bit of survey here. How many would say, you think the answer is 50% or more? Nobody. 40%? 
30%. Okay, a few hands on the 30%. 20%? Okay, more. 10%? Okay. All right, here's the answer. Watch this. 8%. That is bad. 8%. We are not very good at keeping our New Year's resolutions. So can you personally identify with that statistic? Have you ever you know, decided I'm going to improve my life in some way, but you didn't follow through on it. Maybe you felt really compelled to, um, you know, do one of those resolutions or maybe something that wasn't even on the list, and you got excited about tackling it, but just went away by the wayside. How about this one? Have you ever said, this time... I'm really going to change this time, but you don't. Well, Scripture talks about this very issue. Romans chapter 7, the whole chapter is about this, but really the summary of it is verse, verses 18 through 20. So I want us to look at God's Word and allow God to talk to us through his word and help us to see the, uh, the issue here. All right, let's read it together. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Eugene Peterson, uh, his paraphrase in the message, I think is especially good of these verses. Let's, uh, Let's look at that together. But I need something more. For if I know the law, but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something deep has gone, something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. Look at that last sentence. That is such a powerful sentence. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. So what is that something deep within me that gets the better of me every time? Well, in a word, it's sin. Notice I did not say sins, plural. 
Sins are those behaviors outside of God's will for us, wrongdoing. I said sin, which is a deeper issue. The old timers called it the carnal nature or original sin. Think of it this way. It is firing God as the CEO of your life. It is saying, God, I got this, so just go away. It is substituting me for the place God deserves to have in my life. Really, it's all about control. We want to be in control. We don't like the thought of giving up the control of our lives to someone else. So we hang on to it. And when we do this, God, who respects our freedom to choose, says, okay, have it your way. And he disengages. Still loves us. Still wants to be with us. Convicts us by the Holy Spirit and says, are you done yet? But he does not force his way on us. When we do this, when we kick God out and try to control ourselves and others and God, bad things happen. When we try to control ourselves, we realize that we don't have the sheer willpower to get that done. When we try to control others, they move away from us because, and if you haven't figured this out yet, please listen, people don't like to be controlled by you. And so they move away from you, and you feel lonely. Certainly when we try to control God, that doesn't work because he is the one being in the universe who will not be controlled, and so we feel a sense of guilt in terms of our relationship with him. And so like Adam and Eve in the garden, we hide from him. So are you getting this? When we try to control ourselves and others and God, it doesn't work out well. And we feel bad. So what do we do? We don't like feeling bad. So we try to find something to help us escape from that bad feeling, at least for a while. And so we drink or drug or eat or entertain ourselves to death, or we take care of people, or we become a religious fanatic. Do lots of things, but it's all the same. We think that at least for a while, Doing these things is going to make us feel better and help us escape this sense of 
sadness and pain and guilt in our lives. But you know what happens. It doesn't make the situation better when we do those things. It makes it worse and sometimes much, much worse. It's a vicious, destructive cycle. And guess what? We can't stop it. One of the reasons we can't stop it is that we can't see it. In recovery circles, this problem is called denial. We just can't see it. To us, we're fine. Reminds me of a t-shirt I saw one time. Um, I have a slide of it here, I think. Yeah. So, if you're just listening to the audio of this and you can't see the picture on the screen, it's a dead cow with rigamorous legs straight up and the caption says, really, I'm fine. Yeah. Even if we get past our denial, like I said, we know down deep that we really can't change based on our sheer willpower because we've tried that over and over again, right? Bet you're glad you came to church today. Yeah, happy new year to you. So what do we do? How do we deal with this vicious, destructive cycle? How do we deal with this sin problem? We have a new year, 2017, yay. But how, how do we deal with this as we face that new year? Well, the Bible has solutions. The Bible has good news. And I am so excited that you are here today on this first day of 2017 so that you can hear this good news. So you ready? Here's what the Bible tells you to do. I'm just going to summarize it. not going to take much time, but just give you a hint at it. Number one, give it up. Admit that you can't do it. Resign as the CEO of your life. There are lots of scriptures that talk about this, that describe this, this process of giving it up. One of the ones that I like probably the best is Romans 6.11. Here's what it says. It says, count yourselves dead to sin. I like that. Count yourselves dead to sin. In other words, reckon yourself, make a decision that this is my reality from this point on. This is how my life is now, and that is I am dead to sin. Now, I like the word dead because it's pretty graphic. 
It's pretty self-explanatory. Dead people don't have much power. They're dead. So die to that old way of living. Die to sin ruling your life. The old timers had a word for it. Consecration. Consecration. That means offer everything I am to God. They also had another really big word to describe this whole process, and that is sanctification. Sanctification. That literally means to be set apart for God. Sanctification involves what I do and what God does. What I do is everything I'm talking about here, giving it up, surrender, resign as a CEO of my life, consecrate my life. And then what happens is that opens the door for God to come in and fill us with his love and fill us with his power so that we don't have to live any longer under the power of sin in our lives. That is not something that we just grow into. That is a life-defining, decisive moment. All right, so number two, then, is walk with Jesus. So you say... So is this sanctification thing a kind of one-time crisis experience, or is it a process of growth? Well, the answer is yes. I just got done talking about the crisis experience part of that, and by the way, that's one of the things that kind of sets us apart doctrinally from some of our brothers and sister denominations because we emphasize the crisis experience part of that. But that doesn't mean that somehow magically when we are entirely sanctified that we just now live in the Spirit from that moment on. Not at all. Every day, day after day after day, we get up, we surrender again our lives to God. We say, Jesus, today you be in charge of me. We walk with Jesus. Scripture teaches that when we do our part, again, remember, God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in us. He takes up residence in us. He indwells us. So we have this personal opportunity to walk with Jesus and take everything to him. So we say, Jesus what do you want me to say to that? Jesus, how do you want me to react to that? Jesus, today is your day. What is it that you want to do through me in this day? We're talking about a personal, everyday, intimate relationship with Jesus. Now, next week, I'm going to 
preach again to start this 21-day prayer and fasting challenge. And next week, I'm going to spend the entire time talking about this issue. So come back next week and you'll hear a lot more about this part of it. All right, so number one, give it up. Quit trying to control yourself, others, God. Die to that. Allow God to come in and give you the power that you don't have on your own over sin. That's number one. Number two, walk with Jesus. Have that everyday walk. And three, find a mentor or a discipler. It is God's intention to give us help in this. God doesn't want us to have to do this alone. Even though His Spirit lives within us, He wants to give us someone to come alongside us who also is walking with Jesus, who will spend time with us, invest in us, teach us how to walk with Jesus, how to hear from Jesus, how to respond to Jesus, hold us accountable for our choices in that relationship lovingly, encourage us. And then God's strategy is not that it stopped there, but that everything that has been invested to us, now we will invest in the person God brings in our life so that everything we have learned about walking with Jesus and hearing his voice and following him, now we will help the next person be able to have that experience and relationship and support and accountability. Last week, Alex talked about stepping into the activity of God. You remember that? He had us read the genealogy of Jesus, those 42 generations of folks. And the point he made was God was at work through this whole process. Last week was Christmas Day, and Alex said, Yay, it's Christmas Day, Jesus comes. Great moment in history. But you remember the point that Alex made? That's not the end. Here it is 2,000 years later. And the thing I love about what Alex said is he said, the most out-of-the-box thing that God did in this whole process is he chooses to accomplish his work through us. Remember that? That's what I'm talking about. This stream of God's activity, changing the world one person at a time. Is that good news? I mean, friends, God does not leave us in a ditch. He does not leave us in a vicious, destructive cycle of frustration and failure. He loves us. He reaches out to us. He just blows us away with his love, with his grace, with his fulfillment, with his invitation 
to know him and walk with him and to receive his power so that we don't have to live under the clutches of sin anymore. And then he gives us someone who comes alongside of us and loves us and invests in us so that we can grow to be more like him and then it becomes our turn to be a conduit of his grace so that somebody else can go through that same process of becoming like Jesus. Wow! I mean, friends, that is, that is good news. That is awesome as we begin a new year. So friends, don't make another New Year's resolution that you're not going to keep. I got a lot better solution than that. Surrender your life to God. Walk with Him. Live in His power. And He can help you lose weight. He can help you get more organized. He can help you spend less and save more. He can help you do whatever needs to be done in your life. And can I just say this? Take a moment personally. I am so thrilled to be the person that sort of gets to help us in this discipling process. I am so grateful to be here and to be able to walk with Jesus in front of you and to be able to disciple some of you and coach others of you to disciple others. I love that. I love being here and I love doing that in the context of this church. Thank you. I appreciate that. So here's what we're going to do. We, uh, we decided to plan a whole lot of time at the end of the service today. It's 1121, so we have lots of time. I just thought it would be great to give you a chance to just spend some time with Jesus. Spend some time in prayer. So the band's going to come up, and um, they are going to play, and there are going to be scriptures on the screen. We're going to take communion. Communion is an awesome sacrament because it helps us to celebrate this unbelievable grace Jesus loved us so much that his body was broken and his blood was shed for our redemption for our forgiveness for the forgiveness of our sin he enables us he empowers us to live this life we're talking about. And so we celebrate all of that through this sacrament of communion. Here's how we're going to do it today. We're going to ask you to come forward and kneel at the altar. And there will be folks who will be standing on the inside of the altar. They will serve you. If you guys would come right now, those of you that are helping us serve, come and prepare for that. And so we're going to ask you to come to kneel, you'll be given the elements.
take the elements, pray, then you can go back to your seat. If you can't kneel, feel free to just come and sit on this front row and someone will get the elements to you. Uh, if you can't make it to the front, just get somebody's attention and ask them if they would take the elements back to you. We want everybody to be able to uh, participate. So um, just if, if you need help, just ask someone next to you to bring the elements back to you and that way everybody will be included. There may be somebody here today that would say, you know, I really would like to talk to somebody about my relationship with Jesus. Maybe there's somebody here today that would say, I want to make that surrender of my life to Jesus on this New Year's Day. I want to start the new year dead to sin. I want to invite the Holy Spirit to just come and fill me and give me that power because I know I can't do it. If you have somebody that, if, if you would like to talk to somebody about your relationship with Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity. I would love to talk and pray with you. I'm just going to be right over here. Pastor Alex is over here. So just come to that section on my left. We would love to just pray with you, talk with you, encourage you in this. What a gift this is. Time to just be with Jesus. Allow him to minister to us. So as uh, the music starts, just come right ahead. Obviously, there's not enough room for all of us to do this at the same time. So just some of you come and others wait and just we'll, uh, we'll serve as the, as the openings happen. So just come forward and let's just be with the Lord during this time.